what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Juliana Page here. Hello. If you are new, this is the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Here on Spirit-Filled Real Talk, that's exactly what we do. We take real-life issues and apply practical wisdom rooted in the truth to those issues. And it's really just a different context than we often hear, whether we're following somebody in the spiritual space or if we are following somebody in personal development. A lot of times, both of those environments can get kind of convoluted. There can be a lot of mixture in there. So we're we're pretty clear. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a lot of word in this word. And this word on today is all about this phrase. It's on me. It's on me. Come on, go ahead and say it to yourself. It's on me. Not on my mom, not on my dad, not on my sister, not on my brother, not on my kid. It's on me. Okay. So I'm going to really go into one of our favorite words, and that word happens to be boundaries. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is our fave, only not really, but, 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 I know what it's like to not have them. I know what it's like to not enforce them. I know what it's like to live without a sense of purpose, which makes it really easy to not have boundaries. But what I found is when we don't have boundaries, we allow, we allow access to the wrong things and can really become the most toxic person we know. Yeah, you probably never thought of that. You always look at people and decide to point or assign blame and say they're a really toxic person and this is the disorder, quote unquote, that they have. But what if you're actually the most toxic person that you know? And not in a negative way in the sense of this is about guilt, shame, and condemnation, because it's not. But it really is an encouragement to evaluate the ways in which you are toxic. It's not always about you. In any relationship, it takes two. So what is your role in that environment that's being created? It's really important to assess your thoughts, your attitudes, your behaviors, and not just look at other people and decide how they're showing up and whether that fits in with what you think they should be doing. Okay, powerful stuff. So come on, we already dove in, let's dive in. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you some word, like I said, the first one is coming from Proverbs 25, 26, and it says this, God delights in concealing things. Scientists delight in discovering things. Like the horizons for breadth and oceans for depth, the understanding of a good leader is broad and deep. Remove impurities from the silver, and the silversmith can craft a fine chalice. Remove the wicked from leadership, and authority will be credible and God-honoring. Don't work yourself into the spotlight. 
don't push your way into the place of prominence. It's better to be promoted to a place of honor than face humiliation by being demoted. Don't jump to conclusions. There may be a perfectly good explanation for what you just saw. In the heat of an argument, don't betray confidences. Word is sure to get around and no one will trust you. The right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry. And a wise friend's timely reprimand is like a gold ring slipped on your finger. Reliable friends who do what they say are like cool drinks in sweltering heat. Refreshing. Come on, Texans. <laughs> like billowing clouds that bring no rain is the person who talks big but never produces. I Patience, persistence. Patient persistence pierces through indifference. Gentle speech breaks down rigid defenses. So this is talking about the right word at the right time, okay? And it really teaches us how to guard against toxicity because essentially when truth meets toxicity, toxicity usually wins. Toxicity is really powerful and you never want to underestimate your ability to deceive yourself because you really can be the most toxic person you know and it doesn't take long in being exposed to a toxic situation, environment, condition, person, whatever it is to allow that to get in you if you're not careful. So Proverbs 25, 26 is really just reinforcing the reason behind why we have boundaries. If we don't have boundaries and it's really easy to get out of alignment, it's really easy to get off the path and it's really easy to not be trusted because we say one thing but we do another and that's really messy, okay? So another one where I'm getting the it's on you, okay, is coming from Romans 12, 18. And this is all about it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to manage your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your behavior, how you show up in the world. That's on you, okay? You can't say because this person did this, that's why I did this. No, 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 no. You've got to take responsibility for yourself, for your soul, for how you show up in the world, okay? So listen to this. Romans 12, 18 through 19. Don't hit back. Woof. There's probably so many situations where you, you wish you could and you know you wanna, but that would just be reacting. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. So this is the message about living in peace with everyone when possible. So it's not always possible for the record, which I'll get to, but live in peace when possible. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody, right? You can't if you don't have that in you, right? If you're not spending time with God, there's no way you can get along with everybody. And it's not always possible. Some people are very toxic and you can't get along with them. So you have to use wisdom and how to create boundaries, right? Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. Hold up, don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. And that is the hardest thing to walk through when you know that you're in the right and people are speaking negatively about you or shaming you and trying to 
negatively influence your reputation. That is the hardest thing to do is to stay silent and to not get even. God will do the judging. God will take care of it. We don't know when, we don't know how, but you've got to stand on that. Stand on the fact that he will, and that's not for you to do. So a lot of times we play God. We try to take things into our own control, but we don't show up like God at all when we do that, right? But God will leave us to however we choose to show up. That's why we have free will, free will, right? So let's get into this a little bit deeper here, okay? Boundaries begin with me. You've got to let that hit your spirit. Boundaries begin with me. Not anybody else. Not when I get around to it. (laughs) Boundaries begin with me. And hopefully from that Proverbs verse, Proverbs 25, 26, you can understand the reason of having boundaries and what those allow you to do and why it's not a good thing to not have them at all. Okay? And if you don't have boundaries, it's really hard to be responsible. You're just kind of taken to and fro. And anytime something happens, you're at the liberty of it, right? Like you just are going to react all the time. And that is not freedom and that is not living. So boundaries begin with me. It's my responsibility. Okay? Our propensity, as you probably know, maybe even in this time and in this season, it's more obvious, but our propensity is to blame and to not take responsibility for our lack of discipline with our attitude, our thoughts and choices, all of that, right? But no one will establish boundaries for us. No one will. If you don't do it, no one will do it. And if there's nothing there that is established, nothing will be enforced. People can run all over you. People can take you that way and this way, and you won't be better for it. (laughs) Really though, okay? Now, as I mentioned, without purpose, and I believe that everyone was put on the earth for a God-given purpose, right? Before you were born, I knew you. I formed you in your mother's womb. God had an intention before you, before you were even taking your first breath in this earth, right? God had a plan for you and an intention for you. He has a purpose for you. And that is something that you get to discover with him. It's like a treasure hunt. You work with God to find that out, right? But without that purpose, right? If we don't know that we are treasure, if we don't know that we're fine wine, if we don't know that we're gold, right? If we don't know how valuable we are, we usually do not establish boundaries. We don't protect ourselves. We don't guard our heart. We don't guard what's coming into our mind. We don't guard our tongue, right? So that can get pretty interesting. I call it bumper car living. (laughs) So hear me out. I don't know if any of y'all are... I don't know, carnival people or, you know, folks that love amusement parks and those sort of things. I happen to, I'm from Ohio originally. And so we had this place in Sandusky, Ohio called Cedar Points. I don't know if they still have the biggest roller coasters that are out there, but they had some pretty big ones. I think they called one the Magnum and there was Millennium Force and there's like the Power Tower and all these crazy things, right? But 
when you're waiting in line, sometimes to avoid long lines, there's all these weird kind of carnival-like activities. And one of them is the bumper cars. And I don't know why this was ever a good idea. Like there's no point to it. Absolutely none. Like you wait in line to get into like a slimy car because usually people were on water rides, right? Before that. And so then you go sit in this slimy car that doesn't even have like a really nice speed, you know? And then you have, the only point is to slam into people and get whiplash. Like that's the only point. You have no clue if somebody's gonna like ram into you, but your intention is to slam into people as many times as you can. And how do you assess that, right? Like who wins? There's no point here. How do you even like run your race in this, this bumper car living? You don't. So I say that living without purpose is like living without boundaries and it's sort of bumper car living, right? Like you're just going through life, bumping into things, right? And getting whiplash, but never really getting anywhere. Right? When, when they stop the ride, you just get up and get out. And like, what just happened to you? You just got a lot of bruises and some soreness. Like, you're welcome. No, life does not need to be that way at all. But that's a really good visual for what it's like when you're not living with purpose. Okay? Another way to say that is Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word. The people are unrestrained but happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. So that's another way to say without vision, the people perish, right? When we have no clue who we are and how valuable we are, when we have no idea where it is that we're going, why bother with boundaries, right? Like whatever happens, happens, whatever. And that's called wayward, okay? Like you are not getting anywhere, And you're squandering, you're wasting time, energy, resource, the very best of what God's put in you for what? For nothing. Just to bump into things, okay? So it's on me means I have to, I get to, better said, I get to develop boundaries because not everybody and not everything is good for me, okay? Another way to say that, 1 Corinthians 6 12 through 20. I'm just going to read 12 though. Just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get away with, I'd be a slave to my whims. Whew, did you hear that? And how many people do you know live like that? Just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. Okay, so for example... I know when I started developing a relationship with God, because that's not something that I was accustomed with, or I didn't have a legacy of faith that was passed down. I didn't know that that was, right? Like such a privilege or a gift, right? And and how you're wired for that kind of guidance. So when I started developing that relationship, there was things that I started to realize were no longer appropriate for me. And they don't seem bad, but they just were no longer appropriate, okay? So there was certain, certain foods and drinks (laughs) that I was avoiding now, right? That were no longer gonna be a part of my lifestyle because they didn't energize me and help me focus. Actually, they made me foggy or lethargic or whatever, right? They did not help me. Or there were certain places that I was no longer gonna go because yeah, maybe it would be like fun for a moment, right? Like even like a lounge and just going to hang out, right? Like a hookah lounge, let's say that, right? Okay, cool, but when I leave, like what was actually planted in me for my betterment? 
nothing, right? Like, and let's say it was a good conversation, probably not, because you usually can't even hear people in those kind of situations, right? So how did I get better for that? I didn't, okay? And I didn't even really get a full release because the next day I probably just want to sleep in, right? Wasting time. Okay, there are certain music that I was no longer going to listen to because I didn't have the word of God stored up in my heart. I don't want to have all these lyrics stored up in my heart, right? Because that doesn't make fertile ground for me to produce good seeds. So I stopped listening to a lot of music and I love music, right? Or TV. Don't even watch it. Don't even watch it. Didn't even have one for many years. Right now I have one for streaming music. (laughs) Um, Worship music, okay? So just some examples, not things that are necessarily good, bad, right, or wrong. Like people probably don't even notice that that's a you know, there's a big difference. However, I notice, I notice mental clarity. I notice focus. I know what I'm drawn to now and what no longer interests me. Like when you remove certain foods from your life, it's interesting because you also remove the cravings for them. You don't crave it anymore, right? Like if you used to eat all this fast food and then you go on a fast and you literally get rid of it, you don't crave that anymore. You actually wonder why you were eating that in the first place because it had no nutritional value for you, right? Example. So just because it's technically legal to listen to whatever you want, to go wherever you want, right? To eat whatever you want to eat, whatever. It doesn't always mean that it's spiritually appropriate. So it's not going to help you advance, okay? And if I were to go around doing whatever I thought I could get away with, I would just be a slave to my whims because that's all that I would be thinking about. I'd just be thinking about what can I get away with? What next big thing can I... can come up with, right? But there's no uh, moral compass in that. There's no integrity in that. There's no awareness of how, how you're showing up is affecting other people around you. Messy, 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 okay? So another way to think about this is when you think about guardrails on a highway, right? When you're thinking about driving around particularly at night, okay? Like when you're on some windy roads, now I'm not from Texas originally, but when I first moved here, all of these little loop arounds and these U-turn things drove me crazy. (laughs) I was like, I don't wanna do this. I don't know where I'm going. This is so crazy, right? But grateful, grateful for the guardrails. Didn't run into any, but grateful that they're there, right? Especially at nighttime, because you don't know the danger that that guardrail is blocking you from, okay? So think about that. Guardrails are always, take a look now, you'll pay attention, but guardrails are always before the most dangerous place, not after, right? The guardrail is there to make sure that you don't go flying off a mountain or flying off a highway. The guardrail is there so you don't fly off into the most dangerous place, okay? So think about that in your life. If you don't have a guardrail or a boundary in this case, What danger are you going to be exposing yourself to or just flying into if you're just living on your own whims, okay? So the word of God, the Bible, right, governs your choices and decisions if you choose it. That can help you manage. That can help you course correct. That can help you navigate and really spare yourself from a lot of pain and a lot of danger and the harsh consequences of it, okay? Ephesians 5, 18 says this, don't drink too much wine that cheapens your life. Drink the spirit of God, huge droughts of him. 
Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to God. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God, the Father in the name of the Master, right? This is the message version. But this is essentially saying not, you know, because a lot of people negotiate, can I drink or can I not drink? And here's, here's the thing with this. The key is not to determine if it's a sin or not and go around judging people. That's, that's not the point. The point is, as it's saying here, drink the spirit of God, right? Because you don't want to cheapen your life. So another way to say that, it's not, is it a sin? It's, is it a seed? Is it a seed that I want to see the fruit of? Is it a seed that's going to bear much fruit? Is it a seed that's going to help me live a fulfilling and fruitful life? And if it's not, don't do it. Because although you could, although technically you're of late legal age to be drinking and getting drunk, right? That's going to cheapen your life, right? It's often what we see where it's, let's say that you were at a job and you were working with a lot of people, okay? And you work there for several years and you're advancing, you're moving up, let's say a corporate ladder, right? But people are staying in the same place and they're not advancing. And let's say you leave that job. Maybe you launch your own business, maybe you work for another company or you go into a different field or sector, right? And because of Facebook, now you can see these people. They're still in the same place, doing the same things every weekend right? How do they develop? How do they grow? How do they evolve? Right? And not for comparison's sake, but it's a really good example, right? Of people that are cheapening their life by choice. You can enrich your life by choice, okay? So it's not, is it a sin? Is it good, bad, right, or wrong? Like, right, I'm going to judge all this. No. Is it a seed? Is it a seed that you want to see the fruit of in your life? Is it a blessing? Okay? And you're only going to know if you crack open the book, the word of God for yourself, right? (laughs) And God isn't a part of all of these other things that we mix it with. So my encouragement would be to remove distractions. You know, I used to be a, well, I still am in many ways, a voracious reader. I love reading, love it, right? But there was a time where I just, I donated all of my books donated them because I only need one (laughs) and I needed to get really good at reading that one. So I needed to do that in that season. Now I still read and research and grow and develop based on what I'm led to, but it's led differently now. Okay. So what I'm saying is it's not astrology, horoscope, yoga, and God, right? It's really knowing clearly where your source is, okay? So I'm gonna talk about a few things to help manage boundaries, help establish boundaries, help you think a little bit differently about boundaries, okay? So one area where we need boundaries is relationships, okay? And you probably at this point, particularly if you're listening to me, have had some relationships where you wish you would have had some boundaries, right? There are some relationships that were never meant to go beyond a conversation. Never, right? But you took them into three, five years of an interesting ride, okay? (laughs) Only to end up maybe worse off than where you started. Not a fun time. So boundaries, okay? I must, right, if it's on me, I must manage my relationships. I need to balance 
against relational bankruptcy. So when you think about your finances, you think about what's being deposited into your account versus what's being withdrawn. You've got to have some checks and balances if you're going to be managing your money and stewarding it well. Same thing with relationship. Who's depositing into your life? Who's withdrawing? Who's a giver? Who's a taker? Right? Who's irrigating your life and who is irritating your life? Okay? And it's okay to assess that and to label people because the word tells us to cultivate good ground, right? So we've got to pay attention to what's not. What's not it? We've got to pay attention to that. And that's not to shame or condemn or any of that. We can still love people, but not everybody needs intimate access to you, okay? So 2 Timothy 9 through 15 says this, do your best to come to me quickly, Okay, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. I don't know how to say that one. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander, the metal worker, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. Yo, okay? So this is, again, wisdom, okay? Practical wisdom. This person did me great harm. I've got to be on guard because he's capable of that. He's demonstrated that he's about that, okay? So not going to outcast him, not going to judge him, not going to share his business, but I am going to be on guard and I am going to make sure that that person doesn't just have easy access to me, okay? So that's a label. That's an example of that, okay? Another one, if you are not comfortable labeling people, which I get it, but I do think that you need wisdom. You need some sort of standard to weigh who can be in your life and who should not be, all right? Because you are precious, prized possession, right? Okay, so this is Matthew 16, 22 through 23. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Okay, now in context, before that, Peter um, had been praised by Jesus, okay? And now he's being told, get behind me, Satan. So what is this highlighting? This isn't highlighting that Peter is bipolar, (laughs) or that he's a good human or bad human, this is highlighting or establishing the difference between what authority you are living under. God has given you authority, okay? But you have the ability to listen to Satan. You have the ability to listen to the enemy. You have ability to partner with the enemy. But you also have the ability to deny that access in your life. Deny it from your thoughts. Deny it from getting rooted in your heart. Deny it from what you speak. Deny it from in how you behave and show up, right? Use wisdom. Use discernment. Partner with God. 
operate in the authority God has given you. Agree with God. But you can't do that if you're not seeking God and if you're not in relationship with God. How would you know what you're partnering with? You wouldn't. Okay? So this is a really strong reminder that, yes, keep keep boundaries and relationships. And a way that you can do that is to really pay attention to deposits and withdrawals, to recognize what authority you're using, whose authority you're living under, what authority you're partnering with, and then also use your no. No. Straight up no, right? Whatever what, <laughs> whatever you need to put on the end of that, whether that's a period, whether it's an exclamation point, whether it's several exclamation points, use your no. Okay, the word says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And this leads to so much freedom in decision making and just in your mind in general. Because a lot of times we're like, um, I don't know, maybe, let me think about it. Let me get back to you, right? And we ruminate over what we already knew the answer to. We just wanted to be polite. We just didn't want to let anyone down. We wanted to just people please, right? Well, stop that, okay? When you use your no, it strengthens what is right in your life and weakens what is wrong, and it protects you. That's spiritual fortitude, okay? It's when you let your yes be yes and your no be no, people know that you make wise decisions. People know that you're consistent in your decision making. People know when you say no, you mean it. So they're not going to try to run game on you. People know when you say yes, you're going to show up and probably on time or maybe even early because your word means something. And that is very, very powerful, particularly if you are a leader, particularly if you are a business owner, particularly if you are in even a public place of influence. Really, you should be operating with this principle wherever you are. (laughs) However, if you're particularly in a public place, it's very, very important. Okay. So here is an interesting boundary strategy. Are you ready? All right, ready? This is coming from Luke 5 and then 16. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Jesus instructed him, don't talk about this all over town. Just quietly present your healed self to the priest along with offering ordered by Moses, your cleansed and obedient life, not your words, will bear witness to what I have done. But the man couldn't keep it to himself, and the word got out. Soon a large crowd of people had gathered to listen and be healed of their ailments. As often as possible, Jesus withdrew out of the places for prayer. Okay, so this is a really great reminder. (laughs) In Luke 5.16, this is a boundary strategy. If Jesus did it, that should give you some insight that it's something that you will need to do also, right? It's not just going to happen. So the boundary strategy is this, times of refreshing. You've got to get away from people. You've got to get those times of quiet and solitude time to just have with God because God is always speaking to you. You just have to tune in and listen. It's the power of having a radio. You get to choose what station that you're going to tune into, right? So just think about that for a second, right in this moment. What are you listening to all day? Whose voices are going through your head? Is it your inner critic? Is it your boss? Is it your partner? Is it your kids? Is it some radio station? Is it music? 
Is it a certain public speaker? Who are you listening to and letting into your life? What are you allowing to take root in your life? What seed is being cultivated in you? And something that was a great challenge is the first 15. Take the first 15. You got to start somewhere. But take the first 15 minutes of your day and get in the word of God. Crack open the word for yourself and tune into it. Tune into it. Let it start getting rooted in your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So if it's not in there, it ain't coming out, okay? So 15 minutes, you can do that. Before any other influences start taking over your day, give your first 15 to God and watch what happens, okay? Now, when we don't get away for times of refreshing, we feel stress. We feel overwhelmed. We feel irritable. We're moody, right? Because we really can't give from an empty cup. So you've seen probably the example before, but basically if you just picture a cup and you picture a big pitcher and you're dumping water from the pitcher into the cup, pouring it until that cup is overflowing, that is the visual of how to live your life. You live your life from the overflow, okay? And the pitcher is God. Picture is the source, okay? God filling you up from you spending time with God every day is what allows you to live from overflow. Now, a lot of us, though, are broken. And when we're broken, we're actually afraid to be servants. We're actually afraid to volunteer, to be in ministry, to help other people because we recognize that we don't have anything good to give, However, when we are full and overflowing, we're compelled to give. We see opportunities to give because we have more than enough to give. It's really the difference between scarcity and abundance right there, okay? So picture the same situation. When we're broken, sometimes we don't even realize it, but that's why it's really important to do your own work. When you're broken, picture a same cup with holes in it. Now when that pitcher, even when God is getting in you, God just seeps out so fast because you haven't let God heal those broken places and you have so little to give because it just runs out so quickly. Maybe you can help two people and then you're totally burnt out, right? So what you want to do, picture that same picture. You want to just drop a cup in there and be totally immersed with God. Just let him heal you completely so that when you come out of that healing process, you're overflowing and you can give, and then you know how to keep coming back, okay? So hopefully that's a good visual to help you. It would be better if you could see me, but you get it. So come back to the source as a message. This is something to do every day. That's why we have daily bread, right? We've gotta eat daily bread, eat daily, otherwise we have nothing to give. So you can't be a source for people only God can. So that can be a good reminder too for somebody that is codependent, people-pleasing, just really struggling to remove yourself from the role that you've played in other people's life, whether that's being superhuman, superhero, just God. You can't play God for other people, but you can point people to God, point people to the source because you can't out Jesus, Jesus, okay? <laughs> And you don't want to either. That's not how you've been formed, shaped, and anointed to live. You want to show people and point people to the source so that they can experience the fullness of that for themselves and live from that same overflow. All right. So hopefully that's a good example of boundaries too. All right. Only a couple more here. So Proverbs 25, 
Proverbs 25, 26, if you're tracking with me. Proverbs 25, Proverbs 25, 26. All right. Here it is. Dun, dun, dun. A good person who gives into a bad person is a muddied spring, a polluted well. Hold up. Let me say this again. Proverbs 25, 26. A good person who gives into a bad person is a muddied spring, a polluted well. What? Okay. So (laughs) this is the example that I mentioned earlier. You could have good in you, but a person who gives good into a toxic place is a muddied spring, a polluted well. So a lot of times toxicity is something that's out of control, okay? And it can muddy the truth, all right? So you've got to inspect what you're listening to. And here's something to just keep in mind about toxic, toxic things. Toxic influences create toxic environments, okay? So a toxic environment doesn't just become a toxic environment. You know, you could just say, well, my work is toxic. Okay, well, there's a toxic influence in that environment, all right? So pay attention to that. Also keep in mind that toxic environments expand. They expand energetically. So like a virus, (laughs) fear is a really great example. Fear multiplies and quickly, right? All it takes is a news broadcast and suddenly everybody's freaked out. And it might not even be the truth, right? But it spreads like wildfire. So toxic environments expand energetically. All right, so if you only have little truth in you or none, you can really fall under a toxic influence really easily. That's why the word tells us to be diligent, right? The enemy roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Well, you might be a good target, so pay attention. Okay, so that's just a reminder to keep in mind that you might be toxic too. So what are you a carrier of? What are you a carrier of? Pay attention to that. All right, back to boundaries. (laughs) Establish them. Hopefully you're getting that message. Establish them and not just lax boundaries. Establish clear, non-negotiable boundaries because if they're not established, they're not recognized. So if weird people, (laughs) toxic people, dysfunctional people, needy people keep coming to you, it's probably because you haven't established boundaries. And you're saying, sure, come on in, I'll help you until I'm completely depleted or broken or toxic myself, muddied myself, right? Establish boundaries. Okay. Now, Boundaries are biblical. Hopefully you're you're getting that message from the word, the spirit-filled real talk that I'm dropping right here. Hopefully you're catching that. But I've got a couple that I can show you just to help drive that home, okay? So this one is Titus 3.10, all right? I want you to put your foot down. Take a firm stand on these matters so that those who have put their trust in God will con- concentrate on on the essentials that are good for everyone. Stay away from mindless, pointless quarreling over genealogies and fine print in the law code. That gets you nowhere. Warn a quarrelsome person once or twice, but then be done with him. It's obvious that such a person is out of line, rebellious against God. By persisting in divisiveness, he cuts himself off. So again, warn a quarrelsome person once or twice, but then be done with it. Set the boundary. 
set the boundary. That's biblical. Okay, want another one? (laughs) Hopefully you're getting it. See, this is how the word works. It gives you so much guidance and so much wisdom. You can truly fall in love with it because it will save your life and give you so much freedom. All right, Proverbs 25, 17. When you're given a box of candy, don't gulp it all down. Hello, Halloween, right? Eat too much chocolate and you'll make yourself sick. Anyone been there? And when you find a friend, don't outwear your welcome. Show up at all hours and he'll soon get fed up. (laughs) So you've got to have personal boundaries, right? Sometimes we can overstay our welcome in other people's lives, right? We might not even be bringing that much good to the table. So it's really important to have your own personal boundaries so that you just don't get caught up or overstay your welcome where you're no longer welcome. Okay. And lastly, Psalm 1-1, how well God must like you. You don't hang out at a sin saloon. You don't slink along dead end road and you don't go to smart mouth college. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture, on a scripture a day and night. Oh, you chew on scripture day and night. You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. Come on. You're not at all like the wicked who are mere windblown dust. Ouch. Without defense in court, unfit company for innocent people. God charts the road you take. The road they take is skid row. Okay, so boundaries are great. Boundaries bring blessings. Boundaries protect you. Boundaries keep you balanced, okay? Now, you need to have boundaries, like I mentioned, in relationships, particularly with critics, with controllers, with tempters. That stuff will bring you to, as the word just said, skid row, okay? It's going to bring you down these paths that are really hard to get out of. So you want to deal directly and decisively with people that are critics, controllers, tempters, people that maybe are stronger in their dominance, right? Or their authority and their exercising of it. But you just need to practice and train yourself to deal directly and decisively with these people. Love all people, okay? Not saying not to love people. Love all people. But not all people have unconditional access to you, your life, and all your affairs, okay? Not all people do. Check out Jesus, all right? Jesus loved all people, but he had 12 disciples, all right? He even had a Judas in his, you know, crew. So keep that in mind too. People aren't going to be perfect. So we're not about that, right? But we are about guarding the access and who you grow and develop with. That's one of the biggest decisions in your life. All right. Now, I got one more verse here before I drive this message home, 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 home. Hopefully this is blessing your socks off. Or if you don't have socks on, I feel you. All right. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay. 1 Corinthians 16.33. Ready for it? Regarding the relief offering for poor Christians that is being collected, you get the same instructions I gave the churches in Galatia. Every Sunday, each of you make an offering and put it in safekeeping. Be as generous as you can. When I get there, you'll have it ready and I won't have to make a special appeal. Then after I arrive, I'll write letters authorizing whomever you delegate and send them off to Jerusalem to deliver your gift. If you think it's best that I go along, I'll be glad to travel with them. Dun, dun, dun. 
Where's the verse that I wanted? Is that even it? Hold up. I don't think that's it, y'all. But that was a good one. <laughs> Psych. So I wanted 1 Corinthians 33. I read 1 Corinthians 16. So let me make this make more sense now. All right. There we go. This one makes so much more sense. Ready? All right. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, not 16. And why do you think I keep risking my neck in this dangerous work? Why do you think I keep setting boundaries? I look death in the face practically every day I live. Do you think I'd do this if I wasn't convinced of your resurrection and mine is guaranteed by the resurrected Messiah, Jesus? Do you think I was just trying to act heroic when I fought the wild beast at Ephesus, hoping it wouldn't be the end of me? Not on your life. It's resurrection, resurrection, always resurrection that undergirds what I do and say the way I live. If there's no resurrection, we eat, we drink, and the next day we die. And that's all there is to it. But don't fool yourselves. Don't let yourselves be poisoned by this anti-resurrection loose talk. Bad company Bad company ruins good manners, okay? So this is about, having boundaries is about living the free life, the John 10, 10 fullness life, right? Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Well, you can't live like it if you don't have boundaries, if you don't heal, okay? If you don't get your life under the authority of God, right? So here is the encouragement or the message determine what your moral code is and what it's based in. Okay, is it the word of God? Is it based in truth? What is your moral code? What is it based in? Boundaries create and maintain identity for you. If you don't have them, how can you maintain integrity? How can you be disciplined and self-controlled? You can't, okay? So having clear boundaries will protect you. It will. But the lack of boundaries will always lead to bondage. That is a mic drop. The lack of boundaries will always lead to bondage. Okay? So, (laughs) hopefully you're getting the sense that you have authority. You have authority. You get to choose what gets to take hold and what you allow to take hold in your life, okay? It is so important to protect you, Y-O-U, but only you can do that. Only you can establish boundaries with yourself because you need personal boundaries. There's some things that are not good for you to be doing. They're not good for your development. They're not allowing you to produce purpose, okay? You need to have boundaries in relationship. You need to have boundaries against certain environments. You need to have boundaries against certain, you know, things. Okay? So when you do that, when you have clear boundaries, you're not going to be easily led astray. You'll be able to make clear decisions. You'll be able to protect you and your environments from harm and danger. You'll have guardrails. You won't just go bumper car living. (laughs) You'll be protected from a lot of danger. You'll be able to enjoy your freedom and live with peace and hopefully sleep soundly too, right? So the word on today is that it's on you. If you are tired because you're trying to play God in people's life, if you are overwhelmed because 
you're trying to manage all the toxicity that you've allowed to take hold in your life, if you just feel burdened down by things, you know where you can go. Check your moral code and what what that's based in. Who are you running to for counsel? Where is the source of your strength? Where are you getting your empowerment from? What is the voice or the voices that are flowing in your life that are guiding and directing your steps? Maybe it's time to reevaluate all of that and set some boundaries. It's never too late. And if it's on your heart, now's a good day to start. All right, guys, it is on you. It's on you, okay? So you heard the word. Now you got to go apply it. (laughs) You've got some practical wisdom. You've got ways to check it out. Take a look at your life. See where you need to enforce some boundaries and establish them and practice that daily until that's a clear boundary for you. And just watch how much freedom that you'll have. Use your no. Use your no. Just try it. Try it seven days straight. Use your no. Just say no. It's all good. You don't even have to defend yourself. Just say no. You're busy. You got an appointment. Don't even need to defend it. Just say no, okay? And make sure that you do the first 15. There's a couple right there. There's a couple practical nuggets that you can just apply to have a fresh start. First 15, tune in, okay? Tune in. All right, guys, I hope this mess has blessed you. If you are wanting to get closer to God, there is the God's Vibes Matter devotional. If you are wanting to reclaim your spiritual authority, that book is over on julianapage.com. And there's also a book on how to co-labor with God because a lot of times we overwhelm ourselves just trying to establish and enforce our own plans for our lives and many are the plans of man, right? Of the man's heart, but it's the Lord that establishes his steps. So those are really great options to kind of tune back in, realign, re-strategize, right? <laughs> Get some spirit-led wisdom and direction flowing in your life. There's also a self-mastery course over there. Coaching is over there. And always the latest blog post is over there too. So make sure that you go check out julianapage.com. You can also follow me over on Instagram at Miss Juliana Page or check out more wisdom like this on my YouTube channel, Juliana Page. All right, guys, if you haven't subscribed, make sure that you do that. And until next time, stay blessed.